Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. Season 2! We're still here, and it's Season 2, and we got three episodes to kick off our off-season shenanigans. On our second episode of The Pack, the guys are decided to bring out some new segments. We got news around sports, then three brand new segment ideas that keep it spicy. How will all these takes go? Find out by sitting back and enjoying the show. All right, Jalen, we are here. It is a Monday evening. A lot going on. The basketball season back in full swing. NFL offseason starting to heat up a little bit. And really some huge news uh, today, a couple hours before we started this, with LeBron saying he's appeared out several weeks with a foot injury. Uh, Jalen, how are you doing tonight before we get into that? Um, Doing pretty good overall in general. Just a nice day out here in Colorado. So it's just, uh, you know, NBA season is going in full gear. We just wrapped up basketball season ourselves at the YMCA. So, uh, yeah, things are going pretty good. But uh, – a little salty, though, about my Timberwolves that we'll probably get into later. So I'm a little salty about what's going on. But there's a lot of things to be talking about that we'll be talking about. How about you, Cole? How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. I'm hanging in there, you know, getting ready for the season. Uh, this NBA stretch is going to be electric down the road here. So I'm doing pretty well. A lot of good stuff to get into. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. And you open up with LeBron. And so he gets injured during this crazy Mavs comeback. What was it? 27 points. They were down against the Mavs. And here comes LeBron and the Lakers. Uh, They come back. They make it, what, 14 at half? And then LeBron, after the the break, he says he hears a pop when he comes down. Um, He stays in the game, I'm pretty sure, though. And they mount this comeback. So, yeah, it was the biggest comeback of LeBron's career, I think they said. So, it's uh, and he did it against Luka and Kyrie. The game ended with uh, the ball pretty much being tossed around like hot potato between Luka and Kyrie, between who should hit the last shot. So, Colby, you knew, you know, I'm sitting here knowing that I was a huge doubter of this trade. So, Colby, what are your thoughts of it on the Mavs? Oh, yeah, let's talk. I like that though. Um, I mean, whenever we talk about the Mavs on the field, we'll get to this too. But like, I, I mean, I'm not worried about the Mavs. Like, it's not going to work. The Ky- like, I respected it. I, I understood the move. And like, at least even if Kyrie leaves, like, okay, they didn't give up like a ton. Like, they'll have cap space. But like, they got to figure it out with Luca. I don't think Kyrie's the match just because the defense is just so bad. As much as it's like. The hot potato thing at the end of the game is the storyline. The real thing is just they're both bad. You have to have another – like, you cannot pair Luka with another guard that can't defend. Like, whoever is the guard opposite Luka needs to be able to play defense because, like, that's the same with Jokic. That's why they, like – he's, like, not the best defender. Like, he's solid now. But, like, they have to have Aaron Gordon someone like that by him. Like, so it's just not a good fit realistically. So I don't think the Mavs – I don't think it's going to go too far realistically. Who would you, uh, just right now, if you could, off the top of your head, what would be that guard, a guard that you would pair with Luca? You said defensive. 
would you say someone like Lou, Lou Dort would be enough to give him enough of an edge of a step above, or you thinking of like more star power? For sorry, Lou Dort for like, I mean, who would have to give up to get Lou Dort though? No, I'm just saying, like you said that you said Kyrie was not the move. You needed oh, someone more expensive. So what I would have said, what you would have gotten like Lou Dort, and like who would have been your guard of choice? I mean, yeah, someone like that, not necessarily him. Like a player like Ananobi would be like great. I don't know if it's like the perfect guy. But, like that's the thing, like, right? It's tough to find the perfect fit, but someone who's like a better defender than Kyrie Irving. Like it was, it's just so weird because I don't know. Like obviously offensively it can be great. But no, like, yeah, someone who's like a three and D type, realistically, like they say they want to try to get AD for Kyrie. That's like a rumor. Like, I don't know if that's realistically what happened or not, but I mean, that would AD would fit better with Luca when he was playing half the games. Um, like someone like that, like it's got to be more of like an off-ball defender shooter type. It can't be someone who just like also needs the ball and also is bad at defense. Yeah. And now speaking of teams that finally got a resurgence of defense, AD is playing for the Lakers, Colby. Um, the only way this Lakers, the LA Wolves, this is how I like to talk about the Lakers, folks. They're the LA Wolves at this point. Um, it's AD and all, a bunch of roles, role players that the Wolves used to have. So here we go, Colby. Can, you, you already said it at the beginning of this show before we even came on. You've said LeBron's injury. They're already out of this thing. No more fear. But if AD plays strong, then you have D'Angelo Russell. And Malik Beasley, you th- I don't know if he's enough to generate threes. Uh, I, I, I don't believe him anymore. I mean, of course, he's on the L.A. team. He's got the purple and gold, so the media is going to give him a little more of a nudge. But Colby, he's been on a, both of our teams. So I think both of us can sit, sit here and say <laughs> Malik Beasley's shooting is very inconsistent. Malik <laughs> Beasley's not going to be a game breaker if you're counting on someone like down the stretch, like is that's going to put him over the top. Like, no, <laughs> they can't. They're not going to be able to count Malik Beasley for the next 20 games. Exactly. So, Colby, what are your final thoughts wrapping up on the Lakers here well, um, and LeBron? Okay, well, I feel like we have to be a little bit objective here because obviously, as we've made it well known, you and I are both obviously, as you can look at our teams, we pull for have an anti-Lakers bias. So obviously, we're rooting not for the Lakers to do well. I think you can, we can all acknowledge that, uh, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, gonna say like prior to. I'll the- be honest, but I have to at least address them. You know, like I always tell you, Colby, we hate to talk about them, but you have to talk about them. They're the Lakers. We have to talk about them, and we are all we have the potential fear of them. You know, we know what they bring to the table if LeBron's in the playoffs. So that's why. Yeah. So continue. Sorry. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, I do have to give them their respect. Like, they they had an absolutely great trade deadline. Like, they did improve their team significantly with the moves that they made. That's no question. And I don't know how they turned. The fact that they were able to get all those pieces um, is, like, kind of crazy for what they gave up. So, like, good job by them there. Like, this team would have been pretty dangerous if they got clicking. And they are winning. But... So, like, yes, I do think they would have been – they would have potentially, prior to this news, been high on my fear factor. If they're going to be, like, an eight seed or a seven seed with LeBron and AD. But if LeBron's out, like, no, there's not enough there. They go from – that's the thing. Like, I just feel like this news today could realistically put them from dangerous playoff team mix to, like, 
they're if they bottom out here, like this pick could turn into Victor Webanyama going to the Pelicans if they just bottom out without LeBron. It's like yeah, those games. These teams in the West, man, this stretch they're gonna be going hard. They're not gonna be getting like any. Like this is gonna be intense basketball, even by for regular season standards down the stretch here in the West. Yeah, very intense basketball. Um, I really think. I mean, here we go. Since we're already wrapping up on the Lakers, uh, we're the Wolves. I mean, we're gonna talk about the Wolves anyways. The West is so competitive. The Wolves, uh, you know, we we lose to the Hornets and we lose to the Warriors in back oh back to back games off the break. Uh, West so competitive, but yet Wolves are one game, I think, out now, and we're in the eight or seven spot. I'm not too sure, but we it's so bloody. We were thir- both teams in last night that played Wolves and Warriors were 500, Warriors 30 and 30, the Wolves 31 and 31. After the game, of course, the Warriors go up on the Wolves, but here's the thing the Wolves only have like, like a few, a handful of games of uh game of western games so we lose that one and we lose to the hornets our easiest home remaining scheduled game so yeah losers of three straight we're at the 10 seed right now because of it so colby as you can tell like i said at the beginning of this podcast i'm salty and upset at how these wolves are behaving but that was my little rant here's some good news damian lillard putting up 71 points with the blazers colby so uh, since both these teams, the Wolves and the Blazers, are at 11 and 10, respectively, which team do you have more faith in going into uh, this into a play-in series, it looks like? The Blazers are who? Wolves. Oh, Wolves are better than the Blazers. Give yourself a little bit more credit than that. Look, Dame is awesome. He's unbelievable, but they're not – that team's not – they're not – like, they're all right, but they're not – no. The Wolves are much better. Even even after these two ugly losses, the Wolves are still a better team. The Blazers, I love Dame, and it's amazing how good he still is. And I really respect him for just being like, nah, I'm going to stay in Portland. But no, like the Wolves are a better team. Well, those are my big news articles, Cole. What are, you, what are your big NBA topics that you have up your sleeve? Oh, well, as we're going to say, we got to go back again to the Hawks becoming a Hawks podcast the last two weeks, but like they uh, fire Nate McMillan, they hire Quinn Snyder. Now, obviously they seem pretty dysfunctional. We talked about that uh, on Thursday, but realistically Quinn Snyder is the best on the market. Sorry, disappeared there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Quinn Snyder, solid hire. But, of course, the main question here is, this is Trey Young's third coach. I think we all have to start – I think now the question has to rise and everything needs to start turning towards Trey Young. And uh, how long is he going to be in Atlanta, maybe? Do you think that question needs to start coming up, Cole? Well, I think he's got to at least give Quinn Snyder a chance here. Um but yeah, I do. I could definitely see it, which sucks because Atlanta was kind of like a cool fit for him. But I don't know. They their roster, it's just bizarre, kind of. <laughs> like I don't know what they're doing in the front office. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see him forcing his way out. I would at least give Quinn Snyder a chance though, because I like Nate McMillan. But like Quinn Snyder's a better coach, realistically, if you look at his overall resume. If 
by a mile. Like that dude was in the playoffs every single year with the Jazz for a while. Like he's a good. The Jazz wore him out, man. He was so tired from having to coach Mitchell and Gobert, who hated each other. Like <laughs> that was tough. So, like, yeah, that's a great hire. We'll see if they can sustain it or if they're going to do more weird Hawks things, which is probably what will happen. But great hire. I mean, Quinn Snyder, he had to do as much couples management counseling as he could with uh, Rudy and Donovan Mitchell. And here he is again now trying to figure it out with Trey Young and maybe Devonche, the John Say Murray. So they're always put in a spot, man. Poor Quinn. But most importantly, like I said, I think uh, I think most of this attention needs to just start turning towards Trey Young because they've done all these moves and stuff for you. And uh, this is your third coach. You've had all these seasons of them trying to put tools and assets around you. It's your second season after the conference finals. There's got to be some heads turning into them. Like, what's going on, buddy? Like, what happened? Oh, I told or, you. Or, Colby, you said it last time. Was it really just a true fluke that they were there? Oh, well, yeah. That was a fluke, obviously. Like, I mean, they were they, – that was an incredible stretch of basketball they played. But they played the Knicks and – the Sixers who had a Ben Simmons meltdown, even though the Sixers, I cannot believe the Sixers lost that series. That is honestly a huge blemish on the Sixers. Like they were a much better team, but that's just when Ben Simmons fall apart. So obviously I don't want to put it all on it, but yeah, they, I mean, they lost to Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez in the clinching games of the conference finals. So they probably, I mean, if they would have played, they had to play the Suns that year, they would have got waxed. Like if Giannis, like they they couldn't even beat the Bucks without Giannis. The Suns would have waxed them. <laughs> yeah, no, it probably wouldn't have been as far as a competitive final series as we would have gotten. And uh yeah, pretty much that's I mean, that's pretty much what I got on the Hawks. I mean I was gonna say I I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I do agree with you. Trey Young does deserve so a good bit of the blame because he's so bad at defense. And we say other people like Luca People don't try on deep. Trey Young is like the one of the worst defensive players in the whole league. Like his defense is just insanely bad, as incredible as he is with the basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, I mean, hey, it's hard to find a guy like Ant Edwards, man. Number one steal, number one in steals in the league, tries on both sides of the ball. You gotta love to see it. Oh, I would take Ant Edwards over Trey Young every day of the week. That's not even a question to me. I would take yeah. Trey Young too. You hear this? There's an interview. Apparently, apparently, Ant Edwards said in an interview that someone came up to him and was like, "Dang, I didn't know you can do that." And Anthony Edwards was like, "I hate it when people say that. Like, I was the number one overall pick." And he was like, "I'm the number one overall pick," and people think like don't expect me to be like that. So it's like. He's like, that really, like, every time someone is, when you're, he's like, every time someone's amazed at what I can do, he's like, that actually makes me upset, because he's like, he's the number one overall pick. What do you expect, he says. So, Colby, just, you know, putting more shine on there. Anyways, if you want to talk about some, that same, someone in this draft class, the Hornets are on, like, a three-game win streak, if they're trying to throw their names out of your tank race. Yeah, for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> oh i i i got one of something i mean i gotta continue to give them their uh their props how about the knicks man they're up to fifth now and they beat the celtics today they kicked the celtics 
badly down today. Smoked them. Mm. Playing some hard physical basketball. Brown was not out there, but Tatum was. <laughs> they smoked him. Dang, just couldn't keep up. Thibodeau's way, Thibodeau's ways, man. Was D Rose? Is D Rose back? I think that's what some people were saying. Place, hey, man, it's still D Rose. Don't disrespect that man. I still like him. Yeah, does sound like it from that recent comment that you believe in that. I mean, he's like, I love Derrick Rose. I'm just telling you, he's not the best anymore. <laughs> like, he's pretty old. Of course not. Yeah, he comes off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, he's old and he comes off the bench. He, like, there's videos of him just getting a standing ovation when he clocks in for four minutes. <laughs> so, Jalen Bronson, 17 points. Julius Randle, 23. Oh, here we go. Emmanuel quickly, 23 points off the bench. Uh, that's help. That helps a lot. Josh Hart, new new dudes. new piece. What's up? I said they got dudes. They're deep. The Knicks have a pretty like they don't have any superstars, but like they have a pretty well built team. Like they have a lot of good players. No one great really, but like Julius Randle's a two time All Star now, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Johnson could have very easily could have been an All Star. Maybe should have been the way he's been playing. So like that's two really good dudes right there, and. A bunch of nice role, a lot of nice role players, great role players. And you know, speaking of teams that are just hanging around, how about the Kings? They're coming off of that legendary overtime game against oh. the Clips. Oh, Jalen, I would argue that the Kings are doing more than hanging around. The Kings are just like showing you that they're not going to back down. I love the Kings, and I honestly hope they go as far as they can in the playoffs until they have to play Denver. Um, like, it's going to be tough. But, I mean, they are good. Like, that was an impressive game. Like, Fox, Monk. It's what I totally forgot, honestly, for the longest time that Fox and Monk played together at Kentucky. And I didn't Kentucky even think they went there. And, like, it's a perfect fit. Sabonis is incredible. Like, I do love the Kings. We're the, we're the beam team guys. Um, so, I mean, I'm like, depending on who their matchup is, like, so as of right now, they play the Mavs. I mean, I love Luca, but the Kings are a much more well-built team than the Mavericks. I think they would have a real chance. It'd be tough. I think Mike Brown. I think Mike Brown might coach circles around kid too. I, I, I'm, I'm believe. I'm a believer in Mike Brown now too. At first, I thought, ah, oh, he just fills I in. For, he just fills in for Steve Kerr, and the Warriors are just stacked. That's why he has these good coaching grades. Nah, I think the Warriors players they had some. Maybe they were actually speaking a little bit of truth there. They were like, hey, this guy. He's going to be a legit for Sacramento, and they were right. He's doing some good things for him, man. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, no, Mike Brown's been impressive. I did not understand that hire. I was like, oh, King's going to King, but it's worked out perfectly. They yeah, me too. I think we both said that. I think we both and, and, like, bro, that's going to be the most wild atmosphere in all the playoffs, realistically. Like, they go nuts in there, dude. The playoffs, it's going to be jumping in the, the beam, lighting the beam in the playoffs – like that's gonna be that's gonna be a sight to see that is gonna be a sight to see i should have tried to get kevin durant if kevin durant went to the kings dude could you imagine that would be nuts they would win the whole purple that would be dope if he was in purple i would have i would have much rather see him in that type of purple than phoenix purple that should ugh, it's ugly i could give durant bonus they'd win the title <laughs> hey, no one would criticize Durant for not leading a team. Like it's the Kings, for God's sake. He gave a ring to the Kings. Would that be enough for you know everyone to give him the keys to the bus finally? So 
So, yeah, no, Kings, I hope they keep it up, man. The West is yeah. – Western run is just going to be all time. I'm very excited. Do we have any Eastern news, Colby? Like, we were just playing in the West the entire time, I think it feels like. We I'm talk, looking at my page. The only thing we talked about were the Knicks and uh, the oh. Hawks. That was oh. it. Oh, my – yes, Joe. My mis- oh, and, wow, okay. The Hornets, we, we were you were even low. They won five in a row. Oh, oh. I thought it was three. Yeah, five. Um, and, oh, well, yeah. The only other thing in the East, other than that, it's pretty much cake. But uh, the Bucks have now won 14 in a row. So that's pretty impressive. They've overtaken the Celtics for the one seed. Without Giannis, too. That's the key. Uh, that's the other one, right? It's without Giannis that they're doing it with. Because Giannis is down. I'll be back pretty soon. Damn. All right, Cole. I've uh, been dancing around this question. Nuggets, man. Solid game against the Clippers. Oh, get dilly whipped by get dilly whipped by the Grizzlies. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's why everyone's chalking that one up as everyone's saying, uh, eh, those ones come and go. Who cares? But it's still the you know, the number one versus number two, the Grizzlies showed up. It's not like they've beat us. It'd be one thing if they like always beat us, but like we literally have beaten them many times. So like, yeah, this is not a great game, but I'm not too worried about it. Not too worried. All right. Well, we'll talk about your fears later, Colby. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, we're gonna go ahead. I have an interesting one before we transition over to the NFL news. It's gonna be MLB news. Pitch clock, Colby. Have you been hearing some pitch clock news and all that? It's been very interesting. And some rumblings. It seems like it's working. Like yeah, bad, but I think it's a great decision. I'm all for. I think it's very interesting. A lot of high score in baseball games. A lot of faster pace. Obviously, the one bad stinker part of it is the uh, – I don't know if you heard about the one game with the Braves and the Red Sox where it was bases loaded, full count, and the game ended on a pitch clock call. Have you heard about that? No, but that's tough. Yeah, that is tough. That is something that is going to be trying to people figure out between that between throughout the spring training. Anything that gets the old baseball purists up and angry, I think, is good for the game. Because yeah. it's a bad job of moving it forward. If baseball ever adds a salary cap, I'll become a full-on baseball guy. Give my word. I will become a major baseball guy if they add a salary cap. I feel like you should just also do it. Uh, well, never mind. I was about to say you should just join a big market franchise for the Route 4. No. And just have fun with it. No. No. <laughs> Back to real news in the NFL. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carson Wentz, Colby. Oh, yeah. He's making big headlines. Guess what he did? He got released because he's bad. Yeah, he did get released because he's bad. <laughs> it didn't take uh, Eric Bieniemy that long to sit down with uh, Carson Wentz and let him off the leash and say, be free, because if you love something, you'll return or whatever it's supposed to love you back. I don't know. And he, he just let him go. And I, I, everyone's like you said, Cole, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz being released? Do you really think that this is the end of Carson Wentz? I mean, definitely as a starter, maybe if he wants to keep playing, like someone will sign him as a backup if he'll take no money. But I think like it could be because like half the thing with Wentz, it seems like people just don't like him. Like, it just seems like he's not good in the room. He's not, like, a leader. People don't, like, that matters, like, realistically. That was half the thing. They just like Heineke better. It's not that, like, he was, Heineke's a much better player. 
Like Carson Wentz had so much talent, but that's part of it, I feel like. So I don't know who's going to pick him up realistically. It's gone so poorly that everywhere the last couple of years. So I think he's probably done. Like he maybe Do wants you think to... he ends up in the NFC South? Maybe the XFL South. The XFL South. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's Frank Wright. You never know. Colby could get a second shot with Frank Wright. No, I don't think Frank Reich wants him. I bet not. I don't think I don't think Frank not wants to tie his his uh his Darnold. belt to that car. So I'd rather keep Darnold than bring in Wentz. I believe in that take as well. I believe in that take as well. Neither um, and once again, Colby, we kick off the week with no major franchise tagging news, at least from the NFL. It's actually been a very slow tagging process haven't heard anything on the lamar front haven't heard anything through the qb carousel uh tomorrow bat mcafee show is back up and running today so that means tomorrow i'm guessing we might be seeing aaron Rodgers. i'm not too sure i didn't even pay attention to it today but i just i did see that he was live so yeah football news will be coming back out shortly i'm guessing but everyone pretty much just seems took the break off and uh, still no big news. So, Colby, for once, we, uh, we're we sitting at a weird place. So what do you want to kick off with uh, with our segments here? All right, yeah. So we're going to play a segment off of one minor piece of news. I mean, I don't know if you know if you can call it news because, like, everyone knew it anyway. But Adam Sheffer did come out and said the Bears are trying to trade the number one pick, which, like, yeah, obviously. So I think we just do a little matchmaker. And let's just find the perfect trade partner here for, for the for the bears so we can either do it we can each do like three and rank them or we can just kind of brainstorm here and try to come up with the best conclusion how do you how do you want to play this giving you a uh, game show you know i like to do let's do it's a game show it's not true detective so it's a game show we'll save true detective later on in the off season when we're trying to figure this stuff out since this is matchmaker let's do uh each of us do our own three is it? I'll let you kick it off since you uh this is yours. Give us the run through and uh, how it all goes down. All right, so we can just alternate, but realistically, so here's what you're looking for if you're the Bears and you're looking for a trade partner. You want obviously a lot of picks, but you also don't want to go down too far because you do have a really bad team. So it'd be cool to get and this draft, from what people say, is not like the best draft, like depth wise. So you want to get in on these early guys. Um, so you don't want to, I'm, if I'm the bears, I'm not trying not to go out of the top 10. Um, so let me just go with like the best right off the bat. So like the obvious one to me is the Colts. Like that's the one everyone's saying that makes the most sense because the Colts can get to the top. They get above the Texans who are in their division at two, who also want a quarterback. They get their pick of the guys and the Bears still get to get one of the two like elite defensive players in the strap, pretty much guaranteed, and Anderson or Carter. So that's the dream. We'll see what happens, though. Maybe the Colts don't want to go. Maybe the Colts won't give you that much. You know, Colby, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Colts, though, back at their old first franchise location, back in Baltimore. I've said this a long time ago when the first trade rumblings were happening at week 17, 18, when the Bears were projected to get that first round pick. I was like, huh, you know, it'd be really interesting if Justin Fields was traded for Lamar Jackson. 
you know, just trade off problems and everything. The Bears got the money, you know. And if the if for example, now at this time scenario, Ravens don't even have Lamar Jackson. So let's say the Ravens just go and trade and just say, you know what, Lamar, test the market. Screw you. We're going to go get Justin Fields. We're going to go. Well, we're they're going to get not getting Justin pick. Fields if they're not guaranteed to get Lamar. Or they're going to go get the number one pick. Either one, they can just say, you know what, screw it. <laughs> like they can just go say, screw it. The Bears got the number one pick or the quarterback that runs our system. Either way, the Bears got our answer. Uh, if I'm the Ravens, I'm like, we've got. I'm I. I mean, you saw how high I had Justin Fields ranked when we last time. So I'm not trading Justin Fields if I'm the Bears. So that means you, I'm just saying. Say that. Not even for Lamar. I wouldn't even trade him for Lamar. I'm not trading. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just saying. If no, you don't have Lamar right now, right? You haven't even tagged him yet. Oh, we well, know yeah, obviously the Ravens would do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're trying to figure out matchmaker for Bears. Here's a match: the Ravens. You're not. You're, you want someone to take that number one pick for you? I like it. There you go. Someone needs it really bad if they're not figuring out their Lamar Jackson BS. <laughs> they, if they wanted to say, you know what? Screw it. We're done with him. <laughs> We're done. We're out. We're done. Post all you want. We're getting number one pick. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you, Lamar. <laughs> I don't know what, what the Ravens have plenty to give up. I mean, whether it's picks, they have defensive depth. Um, obviously, they don't have the receiver talent that I think the Bears would be looking for. But besides that, they do have defensive players. And the Bears will always take defensive players, as we all know. So Trade Roquan Smith back to the Bears on his new contract. I don't think that – I mean, he, already, he got his money contract paid. So that means the Bears would have to pay, no, the Bears would have to pay whatever the Ravens gave them. <laughs> I like – okay, that was a sneaky one. I was not expecting that to be your first pick. I like that. That's good. It had to. That one's been locked in the chamber for, like I said, months now. Ooh. All right. I like that. All right. You want me to give you my next one or you want to go? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So I originally didn't think about this one too much, but the more I think about it, the more it makes sense and the more I can see it. The number two team is also in the AFC and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. These teams have done business before. They're familiar with each other. They obviously had the Khalil Mack trade. Um, and they both have questionable ownership groups, to uh, put it to put it politely. So these are two of the chaos, uh, crazy franchises in the league. They like to do business. I mean, could I see the Raven? The Raiders could very easily Brady. They was originally going to try to get Brady, and he just said, "No, nah, I don't want to play anymore." So now what? They're looking at Jimmy G, the best quarterback on the market, Derek Carr, who they're getting rid of, or Rogers if they can somehow pull that off. But that's gonna be tough. I mean, I can very easily see the Raiders being like, all right, screw it. Let's just go get the number one pick. We'll trade a lot for it. We don't care. We're the Raiders. It'll work. I think that makes a lot of sense. And if I'm the Bears, I would love to do business with the Raiders. Yeah, very good all-in group to go with trading partners with is the Raiders. Um, I'm going to take that same idea because this team, just, if I'm getting the momentum that they're going to be going all-in with this new hire of their coach, and that's going to be the Texans. Even though they're getting an early pick, don't get me wrong, it's just a swap probably. You know, the Bears can still get their early defensive guy that you were raving about, the D lineman. Who was that again, Colby? Uh, there's two, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. 
Yeah, I, I think I remember you saying Jalen Carter for the first time, yeah. but now there's two names. Colby's doing some more, uh, you know, draft research more and more as we get closer, folks. That's how you know when he's throwing yeah, in more and more names. I can talk about a lot more guys than them. <laughs> I was about to say. But anyways, uh, you, you will still, the Bears, you'll still be able to get your, you know, defensive player or I don't think you would go wide receiver at number two or tight end, but uh, 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 fine, but I don't think offensively you would just go with defense right now. So uh, I would, if I'm the bears Texans, it's just going to be a swap. It'll be more credit to lovey Smith for you guys to fleece them some more is my take on this is really just be like, Hey, you really want to get that number one shot. But obviously today they just mentioned that they're trying to trade the number one pick. So I don't think the Texans are going to be buying into the whole, well, if you're not going to really draft a quarterback at number one, why would we even bother? So that's the only downside to this argument. But at the same time, Texans can have the hype of having the number one guaranteed pick and all the attention go to them instead of the Bears or whatever team they throw at them. I like that. That's a good one. The only issue I have with it, and again, it's more just like my personal thoughts. So I obviously don't know what the people who are running Texans and the people who are making these evaluations on these quarterbacks are thinking. But I like, just from what I see, and I'm obviously no expert at scouting, but I don't don't value any of the top three that much more than the other, like that I'm going to trade up a bunch more picks to go up one spot. Like, if you go ahead and pick Bryce Young, I'll pick CJ Stroud. Go ahead and pick CJ Stroud, I'll pick Will Levis, Bryce Young, whoever. Like or Anthony what, Richardson's been thrown in the toss now. So much for, it takes Anthony Richardson with the number one pick. That would be insane. No, that's what I'm, I mean. That's what Rich Eisen was saying. He was like, I agree with this call because I was just listening to Rich Eisen talk about it. He was like, right now, you just heard that Caleb is announcing that he's not going to go do the combine, but CJ Stroud is. So watch after the combine. Everyone's going to be raving about Stroud. And then watch the after pro day. Everyone's going to be raving about Caleb again. And then watch after, <laughs> watch after maybe some like a week or two before the draft. We're going to hear some rumors about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. <laughs> like we're going to be hearing all this. Like that's the usual trend of these things. Watch how we're going. So I, I agree with that, Colby. I do. No, I like that. Well, I do think Will Levis, like a lot of people really like Will Levis. Like so he does have like a crazy arm. Like I could see Will Levis going to. Hey, I don't start my combine. I don't start my draft research until after the combine. No, no, that was good. I agreed with you. So yeah, but like that's questionable. All right. So the last final one. Final one. I go back and forth. I had to go for the NFC for at least one. Obviously, it's not ideal if you think these quarterbacks are great, but maybe you don't. You're like hell. Let's fleece some team in our combine. Yeah, so as I was saying, the last team on my list, one team in the NFC, desperate team, you try to fleece. It's not the perfect trade partner, but I still like it a lot. It's just it's the Panthers. Um, they got some extra picks post-McCaffrey trade. They're at nine, so you're not going to get Anderson or Carter, but you can obviously still get a very good player, maybe on offense, to help uh, Justin Fields. That would probably be smart. So the Panthers, you go down to nine, you get their one next year, a bunch of twos and threes and everything that you can get. I mean, who knows? They can get two ones. Who knows how much they can get for this pick? So what the Niners gave up just to get the three. Um, for Because they're coming from nine, they have to give up more. That's the thing. So that's the kind of the game you play. You go back farther, but you also can probably get more picks. 
Um, so I do think Carolina, just because they're desperate, and if Frank Reich gets to, I think he probably wants, he would probably love to have a quarterback to start and grow with right away. And if you nail the quarterback, you could easily dominate that division, like pretty soon. So, I mean, I think the Panthers would be desperate enough to give up a haul. So that's why I say the Panthers. Oh, man, you took a good candidate of mine. Uh, I was going to take an NFC South team. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and stick with that trend. I'm going to say the Saints take a swing. Um, That's going to be my my pick. Uh, I want to see the Saints take a swing. I want to see somebody get bold in New Orleans. You know, somebody say and initiate, you know, we're changing directions. And I think the Saints would be the perfect one to be like, hey, we got some veteran guys. We're over the cap. Let's trade them over to we'll trade them over to Chicago. They're deep there. You know, there are also some deep. There's some assets over there. Cameron Jordan's one of the guys that people are talking about that they might release. That's a good veteran presence to have on the defensive line in, in Chicago. You know, that will cause some problems in the north. That will help for sure. So you can trade him, maybe maybe another asset that won't break the bank and who's younger. And, you know, pretty much announce to the fans, hey, we're bringing in the next guy. We're going to have to believe in Dennis Allen, sadly, to make the choice. But this would be this is this would be the sign that, hey, New Orleans growing a pair and they're going to take that next jump. Wow. I like that. Um, I think the only thing I think is they just don't have quite as many picks. So I don't know how much they'd be able to give them. But I could see New Orleans. You're right. They, you do make a good point that they have really good players that they could give. Uh, give Chicago to help with that, help accelerate that rebuild. So I like that. The Saints swung big. I think it would make them much more fun and interesting. I hope they do something like that. Because they could be a realistically an interesting team if they uh, move on from Andy Dillon. <laughs> yeah, whoever, whoever, or Jameis Winston for that matter, because he's so injury prone at this rate. I don't think Jameis is injury prone. Yeah. So. All right. Oh, no, I like those. That was a fun little matchmaker, Cole. That was a little fun matchmaker, not going to lie. But uh, let's change directions in the TV show standings of things. All right. Uh, you pitched this one. You heard of Fear Factor, Colby. And I think we're going to change it over to the NBA. And it's time that we talked about, we said the West is so intimidating and just so competitive. Let's play some Fear Factor on the Nuggets. All right. So, how? Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna give me the teams as many teams as you want whoever in the West I'll give you the fear factor we're doing scale five to ten or ten what do you prefer uh one go out of one out of ten it's easier for you to describe I feel like all right all right Cole we're describing teams out West we'll start off with a fear factor that should probably be a little bit lower on your radar we'll be honest here okay. Minnesota Timberwolves. Two. Two. There is a possibility that you could play them at the eight seed if they're the eight. Not worried about that. No disrespect. No. They'll get a game, maybe maybe even two if they play their best. You know I'd be hype if we got that game. You know that, too. You know I'd be hype as hell. Denver's not, like, the best team of all time, so they'll probably lose some no. You're so fundamentally sound. You would beat us, dude. Yeah. We – so, like, we rely so heavily on Ant scoring at the moment. And these last couple of games, it's just been Ant falling flat. Like, he's performing good, but at the Warriors, he did not. You know, he did not show up. And that was that was a true telltale sign. So, speaking of the Warriors, Colby, 
fear factor of the Warriors? Eight, just because they're the Warriors. They're still an eight. Even though they're bad and the Nuggets have been so much better all year and the Nuggets have cooked them for the most part when they've played. I mean, come on, like, if I'm being honest, like, it's still just if Steph Curry's out there and they have all the championship experience and they've won all those playoff games before and they just start raining down threes on you all stupid like, before you know it, you're blowing the game and you choke and lose. So even though the Nuggets, I think, are a much better team than the Warriors, and I still think the Nuggets would win. I think I would still pick the Nuggets. But, yeah, that would be a – I do not want the Warriors to be the eighth seed. That would be uh, terrifying. Um, but I think the Nuggets would win. But, yeah, because of all the championship pedigree, they're, they're high on the field factor. Interesting. Interesting. All right, all right. Uh, so I wasn't expecting you to turn up the heat that fast, Cole. But we'll, I won't. I won't. I won't lie. I won't lie. Um. All right. Here's a. All right. Here we go. We mentioned that there is no LeBron, so I guess it's not really worth a shot of talking about the Lakers. But what about the other LA team? What about the Clippers? What is the fear factor of the Clippers? Even though they've lost two straight, they've been some pretty interesting two losses. Very close losses. So, what are your uh, fear factor on the Clippers? Um, I'll say a six. Like, they're obviously, if Kawhi and Paul George are out there, they're a very good team. And you know what Kawhi can do in the playoffs. So, because of that, I have to give them their respect. But the Nuggets have fared well against them. Um, Jokic has dominated them for the most part. That series, I, w- I, had, I almost put them lower, but that series was like an all-time crazy one. Like, it's not like the Nuggets blew them out. But... I do think Denver has their number a little bit, and we match up a little bit better than with the with them than we do with some of the other top teams in the West. Um, Kawhi is the X factor that keeps them makes them a little bit scary, but I'll say six. Now, see, you're talking about teams that are at the top of the West. We're obviously saving those for the best of last, but this is a team that we mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast. Outside of the Lakers, it was the Mavs. Kyrie and Luca, we said they are struggling right now. What's your fear factor on the Mavs and them figuring it out? Four. I'm not that afraid of the Mavs. The only reason it's even that high is because Luca's just so good. But and Kyrie, yes, he can be good in the playoffs, but he's going to do Kyrie things. And the defense is bad, and the rest of that roster is not good. Like yes, hmm. Kyrie and Luca are great, but the Nuggets have Jokic, who is obviously better than Kyrie and arguably I would say better than Luca at this point. Um, some people may say Luca's better, obviously, but so the Nuggets are a much deeper, better team overall. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about the Mavs. Luca makes them a little scary, but no, not, I don't believe in the Mavs. All right. You don't believe in the Mavs and I don't believe that the bad guys win and anything. So Colby, what is your fear factor of the Grizzlies? The bad guys of the NBA. Well, I don't even consider the Grizzlies the bad guys. I think they talk. I won't either. Yeah, I was about to hold that one off. But they're trying to be the bad guys, kind of for some reason. They're wannabes. They're wannabes. Not really. yeah. It's not like the Grizzlies have dominated the league. Like they're a respectable team. Um, I mean, like I said, they beat us last time. But I'm also not too worried about them. I'd say five. I I I think the Nuggets match up pretty well with the Grizzlies in a playoff style basketball. Like, John Moran is excellent, but the team is good. Okay, you know what? Fine, six. I'll bump it up to six because the look you're giving me. They are a very good team. They did cook us. But I think in playoff basketball, I think we're more built for it than they are. I think, like, forget how Jamal Murray, the last time he was in the playoffs, played the best basketball of his life. It was also the bubble, but still. 
Like he's kind of built for that style of basketball. Jokic is just so good. Like I think the Grizzlies will be tough. They're obviously a very good team, but I, I just don't think they're quite ready yet to to make a deep run. For those I think the Nuggets beat them. If you're not seeing, if it's them in the conference finals, if the Nuggets are in the conference finals against Memphis, I'm pretty happy of some of the other teams that could be out there, even though they're higher in the standings. Colby. The hang on, folks. For the for folks out there, I gave Colby my attempt of the Dwayne Rock uh, raising the eyebrow look and everything. I was like, "Oh, really?" Like, anyways, I can't do the sound effect right now. But uh, Colby, the only reason why I I say I questioned you is because of Stephen Adams. I think Stephen Adams is a huge presence that they need right now, and he's been missing. And I think having a big man like him will be a game changer for them. I think I think they're playing as best as they can, and yeah, this is still John Moran and all these young guys. But I think there's a huge emphasis needed to have that big guy and a little bit of mentorship to reel in these young guys. So, but I, if anything, I would have only bumped them up to a seven, so I'm fine with a six. That's why I reeled it back in. <laughs> That's why I, I reeled it I back in. Being a little disrespectful, saying five. They are a good team. They. I forgot how good. I do undervalue how good Jaron Jackson is. I'll give him credit for that because that was kind of what I thought about. I was like, ah, oh, Jaron Jackson is a very personal defender. Give even you about Dylan Brooks. No, I'm not worried about him. He'll what probably about, uh, uh, Bain. the little... T Rex Desmond Bain. He's very good, but I mean, he doesn't like strike fear deep into my heart like Steph Curry. <laughs> you mean like Kevin? I mean, look, look. All right, hear me out, Cole. Jamal Murray has to match up again. There's the thing that the the Grizzlies don't have. It's a matchup against Jokic. Besides, outside of Adams, like that's literally all. Like, and Adams is not going to give you the yeah, offensive presence that Jokic does. Adams will give you boards. That's what he does. Adams gives you boards and a little bit of deep and more defensive inside presence. Besides that, that's it. And then that's it. So, and if you think about it though, you got Desmond Bain versus Kevin Michael. Michael, yeah, is it Kevin or Michael? I forget. Michael Porter. Michael Porter. Michael Porter. I don't know why I'd say Kevin, but yeah, Michael Porter Jr. So you got them two matched up. Uh, John Morant and Jamal Murray squaring up against each other is going to be electric if we get to see that in the playoffs. It would be cool. Yeah. So I, that, that's the only reason why I would bump them up to a seven. But besides that, I'm cool with the six because I understand the six. The six shows some confidence in the Nuggets. And like I said, if you don't have a matchup, a solid matchup against Jokic, it's really hard. And these next two teams, well, one of them might have a solid answer for them. The right. Kings will be interesting, Colby. They got a European guy in Sabonis, but he ain't no Jokic. So what is your fear factor of the newly revamped Mike Brown, the beam team themselves? What's your fear factor, Colby? Oh, I love them, and I hope they're doing well and they go far enough in the playoffs to meet the Nuggets. Um, I'll say five, just because if they've gotten to the point where they're playing us, they've like won a playoff series, so it's like, okay, they still got in the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know how much playoff experience matters, if we're being honest. Like, you never see a team come in with no playoff experience and win. It just doesn't happen. You got to take your lumps. So that's the only reason. Like the Nuggets have had a lot more playoff experience than the Kings, but the Kings do have it. Oh, as I've said all year, they have built their roster tremendously, and because of that, they do are a tough matchup because they've got a lot of athletes, a lot of shooters, and it all flows together perfectly with Fox and Sabonis. So like 
that's the thing that makes them difficult. It's not like they have as good as Fox and Sabonis are. They're nowhere near Jokic level, but like they do just have a perfectly built team. So that kind of, like they play together so well, and that does make them a little dangerous. But I'm not too scared. So five. There you go. All right, Cole. You've been waiting for him. The big bad. They. I don't think Durant has touched the court yet. But the Suns, they're waiting. And everyone, they're already, they're pretty much already guaranteed in for the playoffs. So they're just waiting for what April, May. So, Colby, realistically, you won't be seeing these guys for a while. They'll probably be another second round third or some, yeah, they'll probably be a semi or conference, conference round matchup. Yeah, what is your fear factor on the Phoenix Suns? Nine. I mean, yeah, they're obviously the most scary matchup. The the one thing, the Nuggets have way more chemistry, and I still think I would have a real chance to beat them. But that's obviously would be the most difficult team, not even just because of KD, but like the the Suns in the playoffs two years ago. And yes, we didn't have Murray, but we had everybody else, and they swept us. So like, yes, we would have definitely been more competitive with Murray. But like, obviously, they're not the same team as they were then, but now adding KD in that mix – like, and I've seen what Kevin Durant can do in the playoffs. So, yeah, that's the Suns can be terrifying if they're there and they're clicking. But the chemistry thing, and if they're banged up, to, could favor the Nuggets. We'll see. Not, I hope they're not banged up, but the chemistry hopefully would be enough of an edge. But yeah, Phoenix is the most scary by far. My personal opinion, Cole, it would be at eight. I'd put them with the Warriors. Obviously, Kevin Durant, scary. But you got the. I say Nuggets are just still when I watch them. There's when they're on their game. Like if you don't include that recent Grizzlies game, they're just so offensively fundamentally sound. It's so awesome to watch. And I haven't seen what Kevin Durant looks like in this offense yet. But one thing I do know is that I have seen Chris Paul in his old age take some damage in these series. And like we, like I said at the beginning of this, you'll be seeing these guys most likely in the semis or conference round. I think that will be. I think Chris Paul will. He'll do his best, of course, but his minutes will be reserved. I think the Suns. It's going to come down to KD Booker, and then how much can you can you control Aiton? You know how much can you minimize minimize Aiton in their bench? So that's why I say they're almost in the same place as the Warriors. I personally would have probably put the Clippers as your biggest threat. I still believe the Clippers to come back and give you guys a little run for your room. I want to see a seven series again. Huh? You, I mean, yes, you, you doubt Westbrook, but I don't, I, I, I don't doubt it. These games have been so high scoring, so good. So if you watch the Colby, you can't admit that that Clippers game against you guys was a good game. Like you had, you thought you had them. But they kept fighting back. Yeah, they like just that Russell Westbrook, man. He keeps fighting back, <laughs> and he's in the perfect team for it. They do have a squad. I'll give them that. So, it's but not- that's just my bias. That's just my bias. That, like I said, that's just my bias. Like I, I, I just truly believe. I think Russ is in a better fit. Like Clippers have been dropping some mad points lately, even though they've been coming up in losses. 170 points in their first game with Ross, just saying. Um, yeah, but uh, 
yeah, Cole, that's the rest of the my major threat Western teams. I know you probably don't have much thoughts on the bottom feeders. So I guess here comes the bonus round question, Cole. I love it. These two are questions, actually. These two are barring injury returns. I don't know what their injury return dates are. So barring their injury returns and big what ifs. How about that? We'll call it what if questions. All right. So what if Zion was back with the Pels and made it for playoffs in the play-in tournament and they came in as the eight? I mean, what's your fear on the Pels? I mean, that's a seven. Like, that would be a terrifying eight. Oh. They have Zion. Like, they were the best team in the West when they had Zion before he got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have Zion. They're like a half. They're not even one. But if they – with Zion, yeah, like, he changes everything. He's so good and dominant. I mean, I still think we'd beat him. But, yeah, that could probably, like, go seven. Like, that would be a tough, tough series if they have Zion. Ooh. Oh, man, so you jump them up from a 0. 0.5 to a 7. I'm going to write that down because here we go. You probably get the next big what if coming. What if the king himself managed to find a way to pl- get this Lakers team into the play-in and won the, won the eight seed? Colby, what is your fear factor on King James and the L.A. Lakers? I mean, it's also like a 7. They, like, if they have really? eight- AD is healthy, like he's a tough mat. Like Jokic is obviously better at this point, but he's a much tougher matchup for Jokic than like anyone else in the league, basically. Because when he's healthy, he's so good at defense. Uh, and LeBron is obviously LeBron, so he can always make you cry in the playoffs. They really smothered our fun that time in the bubble, and they're obviously not nearly as good now. And I still think we would beat them, but yeah, that would be a terrifying eight seed as well. So like, there's some real scare. Like you see, three of the highest teams I have are like the potential eight seeds more scarier than some of the like the second round teams just because they have all the prestige even though they're bad yeah no you do yeah besides the wolves of course you had so we we were realistic with them but what what are your current thoughts then on the lakers just currently right now like you gave your thoughts on the pels currently what are your fear factor in the current lakers the current lakers I mean, they do have AD, and AD does give Jokic problems. Oh, yeah, but if they don't have LeBron, it's like a one. <laughs> if they have loose, I sweep to gentlemen, sweep them, even with AD, if they don't have LeBron. Like, LeBron is a huge part of it. That, that team is not. They would, like I said, if they don't have loose, if he doesn't come back, they're not even going to get, I don't think they'll even get into the play-in. If they don't what have was LeBron. that number he said, zero? One. Oh, one? AD's worth one. So a little bit more fear than the Pelicans. Just a little bit. Just half a point more fear. Yeah. Okay. Why that? Why just a slider notch to the Lakers? I mean, the Pelicans just have not been good at all without Zion. They're so up and down. And like everyone, I like Ingram is also a very injury prone. <laughs> so like they're nah. The Pelicans, if they don't have Zion, like they have some fun pieces, but AD just alone would make the Pelicans. <laughs> It's more dangerous. So, Colby, my final question to wrap this up. You right. put the Lakers at one. Why are the Wolves at two? Come on. Like, oh, can we at least get the what, – what argument do I have to give you to put the Wolves at least at three? I mean – Cat, I, coming back, we have to see how how well Cat does in the last ten games. Is that is that the argument? I mean, if you can make – magically make Cat and Rudy Gobert fit perfectly out of nowhere – 
um, goes hand and with cat back. That's the only yeah, way I feel. Yeah, like. I mean that would bump up a little bit to like three or four if they won ten in a row. But I don't think they're going to. I don't understand your trades at all. Tim Conley from the Nuggets, great at drafting, not the best at trading. Uh, so I don't no, know. No, I'm with you, Colby. It wasn't <laughs> the best move, but hey, we when we swing when we swing in the off season, we swing big, and I respect that. Yeah, I do. I understand. And it's, and it's the reason why it's the reason why I've stuck around. The only reason why I stuck around is because they've been sticking around with 500 at their record, so or around 500. So yeah, that so is why I stick around. Bad. And hopefully, you guys have stuck around because we got one more segment. <laughs> we got one. That was an excellent transition. <laughs> yeah, we got one more segment, and uh, this is a good one. Uh, as I was getting ready to, for this podcast. Uh, a phrase was mentioned to me and they said this quarterback has to go and make it break it this season and I was like oh man this is perfect for Colby and I because Colby has a lot of QBs that he has a lot of controversial hate towards Okay, so I also, it's time I for our first round of the NFL offseason NFL's make it or break it QB edition, folks. I wish I had some music playing, like ding, 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 ding. You know, like some classic, like game show music. But all right, folks, this is a simple game. I just explained it to you. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna be here listening up some NFL players for Colby, who are in a tough spot next NFL season, who have to make it or break it. So, Colby, are you ready? All right. So, make it like. Does this? Am I saying like? Do I think they will succeed? Yep. Okay, all right, yeah, I got it. Sorry. All right. Ready, Colby? I'm ready. This quarterback, we're going to start off with a nice heater. This quarterback is coming off a nice win, kicking a team out of the playoff line on the big on the last game of the season and is now expected to come in and win the division or at least compete for it. This is Jared Goff. Does he have to make it or break it? I think he's going to make it. He's a good player. Like, this was an impressive year, and the team's going to be better next year. Like, their defense is getting better. His contract, as crazy as it was at the time, now it's not even going to be as bad as the cap continues to go up and the numbers get bigger and bigger. He's obviously not going to get that kind of contract again. So, yeah, I do agree he has a lot of pressure. That is very true because they have a real team now, and, like, they obviously buy into the coach. This is the best spot Detroit's been in probably ever um not ever but like in a while so yeah i do think he makes it though because i think he's proven the thing with jared goff is he just has to have protection because he's not a runner so he can't buy time but if you have a good line it's great all right thank you for uh i know i like how you paused because you're like uh what does he mean but yeah i I misphrased that it's will he good thank you for for, for waiting for me there colby will he make the break there we go all right we'll get it right for this quarterback though because this quarterback i think has to get it right and it is mac jones in the afc east colby what are your thoughts will he make it or break it i actually think he's gonna make it i think mac joe i actually think the patriots will improve this year with a better oc um as much as i hate to say that i do think mac jones like i don't love him i didn't like him coming out as prospect um uh, he was obviously horrible a lot of times this year, but he had a horrible play callers. He's fine. Like he was solid. He obviously had a good rookie year and showed he can be solid. I don't think he has a crazy upside. 
Um, but he's kind of similar to I think he's like I think Pick will be better, but but like I like he does have a lot of similarities with Kenny Pickett and like I think he's he's accurate thrower. Like, cause I think he's solid. I think he will make it. Cause I think you never know what's, you can never trust the jets and the dolphins, even when they have good teams and real expectations. So like the Patriots, I think will improve. All right. And uh, Colby, I like, I I'm with you there on, on there on Mac, because a lot of Patriots fans are saying that uh, Mac Jones probably won't even be the QB for next season or the season after that. I think he's going to be there for at least two more seasons. I think they're going to finish it. I think they're going to finish his contract at least. I think they're going to give him the respect, the respect, and just ride out his four years. That's so, like yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be that terrible. Yeah, I agree. With I think, Plus, they get Bill O'Brien. So, and I look around at like some of the other quarterbacks that are starting in the NFL. I'm like, I mean, Mac Jones, like, he's definitely not like in the bottom tier. Like, yeah. he's, he's clearly one of the 32 best and like one of the probably like, at least 25, if not 20 best. We'll see. He's at least – he differentiates himself from the backups for sure. Like, he's better than your average backup. Which so, but yes. <laughs> speaking of which, you did mention this team, Colby. You said the Dolphins. What about this quarterback that has been having some – kind of some mental – some uh, head issues? We'll just say health issues, actually. We'll just list it as that. Tua. What a – Will will he make it or break it? I hate to say the word break it, but will he? <laughs> I do too. But yes, break it. I can't. I can't all be positive. I'm like, look, man. I was never a true believer. He proved me wrong when he was out there this year. It was awesome, but I mean, it's like it sucks. It sucks to talk about, but like, he was already like a smaller guy. He already has a huge injury history. Like, I think he's like a fine quarterback. Like, but. Just because of the injuries, no. Like, I don't think he's going to make it. I think they're going to be probably looking for another quarterback eventually. It sucks. Uh, I just don't think he's just – and that and it's – I tell you what, like, it's going to really hurt Bryce Young a lot because people are going to look at him and be like, man, like, you're small like that. You can really get tossed around. Now, Tua also had injuries in college, and Bryce Young has had some, but not as significant ones. Um, But, yeah, I just – sucks to say, but I'll say break it. So, Colby – what can he do then to prove to you that he can make it? This was a great season that he put out outside of injury. Like when he was on the field, he was lighting it up in McDaniel's offense. So in your opinion, is availability just his biggest factor this season? Like just be on the field every, like just try and make it through a full season. Yeah, easily. Cause if he's out there playing, I think he'll be solid. Cause like he was very good last year. He's still gonna have the same weapons. Second year in the system. Um, yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me, folks. Next future quarterback in the second year system debate. Be ready for that, Cole. Um, be ready. Sorry. <laughs> I can All right. Speaking of a quarterback that's been ready, I feel like he is prime timed for this debate. He's always thrown into hot debates like this one. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, he, they're always on prime time. So, Colby, will Dak make it or break it next season? Oh, that's a good one. So I feel like his bar is a little bit different because some of these other guys could like lose their jobs whereas he's already gotten his money, but I'm going to say break it because like, I do think he could be on his way out of a job before too long. If he keeps going poorly, obviously not this year and probably not even one more year after that, but really, Ooh. 
like if it goes very poorly, but I'll say break it. And, I mean, I was wrong about the Cowboys this year. I thought they were going to kind of like be bad. They were better than I thought they'd be, but they still eventually like fell apart at the big moment. So even though like they still have a really talented team, but I'll say break it, man. Like I, I think they've gone as I don't think they're going to go any farther than they already have with Dak. They've had plenty of really good teams. Like I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Okay. There we go. We're going to go into two quarterbacks in two different scales of controversy, Colby. You're going to love this one. Okay. Number one, Kirk Cousins. Will Kirk Cousins make it or break it? He has a lot of high expectations. He's coming in with a lot of expectations next season. So, what is your definition of making it for Kirk Cousins? You got to repeat what you did last season, at least. You're going to have a better defense, supposedly. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, Chief, but I think I'm going to say break it. I don't know if you're going to win oh. this close games again. Like, I think Kirk will be fine, and y'all will be in the mix. Like, I expect – 13 the Vikings, games is a big marker. Don't I get me wrong. I think he's probably a playoff team, but, like, I don't realistically – like, I don't know. I don't know what Kirk – so, I mean, first round exit is the same is still the same spot. So is that that's making it technically? If you're saying they're going to make it to the playoffs, yeah, maybe, the first maybe he'll make do you it. think he gets that's the win? That's the thing. Do you think he gets that first round win? No, because I don't think they're going to win 13 games. I think Detroit's going to be better. The Packers, who knows what's going to happen with them? The Bears will definitely be better. Um, and you never know what's going to happen. I still think they'll be better than the Bears, but the Bears will be. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, like I, 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 I think I kind of saw that one coming because, like I said, thirteen games. Once you asked me, what's your marker for me? Obviously, you got to improve on what you did this season. This is going to be your second season. He's another candidate in the second year quarterback run, so he's going to be very interesting to watch. Colby, on the opposite side of the controversy spectrum. A man that loves to be in the newspaper articles, apparently. Opposite of Kirk Cousins in a, in a good way, of course. Deshaun Watson in the Cleveland Browns. Now, they did give him a lot of money, and we waited. We pretty much all expected that this past regular season, we're treating it as a practice run. And that this next season, though, we're all in on Deshaun. Like, this is it. Like, this is the real deal, Deshaun. Colby, will Deshaun make it or break it next season? Break it, break it, break it. I had him 13th because he could still make it. I'm obviously slightly biased against the Browns and Sean Watson, but, like, he was nowhere near the same guy he was when he came back. I obviously think he'll be better next year, but after, can you go – can you take two years off and then will he ever get back? It's possible, but I don't know if he's going to. And, like, this team is – can start getting real expensive because you're paying them all this guaranteed money. And you also have a lot of older, other good players who need to get paid. You're not going to be able to keep everyone. It's a tough division. It's a tough conference. Like, I just don't know, man, the Browns. And, like, you've got to, like, wonder, like, do you think that Deshaun Watson, like, all everything that he did or allegedly did, um, allegedly did, like – that's why we just threw up just controversy. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just saying, like that's. I mean, that could that could easily like affect play. Like it's got to be different, like being around him. Like if you're one of his teammates, like obviously you're gonna fight for him and play with him. But like 
that's got to be that play like be like in the back of their minds. You would think. I mean, Colby, you had Big Ben on your guys' Steelers teams. True. So, I mean, that's true. Then, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's a good Ray point. Lewis. Imagine the Ravens players when Ray Lewis was coming back from his whole situation. That's, that's a good <laughs> imagine how they felt. Imagine just like there's been situations across the league. Like imagine 49ers players watching Kurt um, Colin take a knee, you know, and they're like, oof, and seeing how the league responded to that. And they're like, oh, that's not I know that's not as bad, but I'm just saying, like, that's not a criminal offense, but I'm not saying like that. But I'm just saying, like, that's yeah. the attention that was brought, you know, how much attention yeah. that was on that locker room, just like how Deshaun Watson is bringing all that attention to the locker room. The same magnitude, pretty much. I also just think, like, this is going to sound bad. You may be uh, – it's not supposed to sound bad. But, like, I was just going to say, like, Deshaun Watson, like, what – obviously what they all – what Big Ben and Ray Lewis also did was horrible, horrible things, allegedly did. Um, but what Deshaun Watson allegedly did um, is just very creepy. <laughs> like, so, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's it makes it even have to make it even more wild to be his teammate. Like, geez, this dude did what? Like, you read some of the things that he allegedly did, and it's like, what? This is bizarre and like just awful. <laughs> Just bizarre and all. All right, Colby, back on track here. Wait, we're getting let's get back. You can clip some of that if you want. So uh let's go to two QBs that we kind of don't know too much about what their future holds in store for them. All right. We know they play great football, but we don't know what exactly they're gonna be where they exactly they they're gonna be playing in the next couple of years. Okay. Okay. Right now. He's all the rave and all the talk. He's coming out of the dark of the cave, or not really a cave. It's just like a house that's built on the ground. Aaron Rodgers, wherever he goes, Colby, whether it's the Packers, the Jets, the Raiders, whoever, does it have? Will he actually? Yeah, does it have to be a make it or break it season? First question for you: Does it have to be a make it or break it season for him? Oh yeah, because like he's the one who's he's brought it on himself. But yes. He's the one who's always talking about he's going to retire every offseason. So, like, that's going to give a team enough pause if they're trading for him. Um, so, yes, I would say that. And I'll also say break it. I don't really think Aaron Rodgers is going to do too much wherever he goes. No disrespect. I think he's obviously will still could still be good. And there could be some fun possibilities out there. But I don't know, man. Like, he's just kind of this- doing all this weird stuff, not trying to be judgmental or anything. Obviously, do you. But, like... I don't know, like there's the he's being wishy washy about like off season stuff when you have a young team, like I don't know, man. He's he's t- always talking about retiring is honestly the biggest thing. Like that's that's just makes me not believe the fact that he's always talking about retiring. All right. I agree because he just wants a ring, you know, and that's what if that's his end goal to get a ring, it's um it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hike. It's a bit of a hike. Is that the signal of how much time we have left? Yeah. All right. Well, Colby, I got two more quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know if you want to go ahead and cue that link up, but I think these are going to wrap up this sec. This will at least wrap up this block, and then we can get to final thoughts. So All right. I think we'll make. All right. So this quarterback, this one, we also don't know what his future holds. And that's, I just wrote down another one. That's why I was like, ah, because I think this one's going to be really, that, that this last one will be really spicy. Um, 
the the first one though, right now we know where he's playing. It's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. But Justin Herbert, he is playing in the Chargers. Will he get tired of it? So, first question for you, Colby: Is this season a make it or break it season for Justin Herbert? Yeah, I think so. At least to, if he wants to really have his name in this, continue to have his name in this top elite tier conversation that we all have his name in, he needs to like really do something, like take a step here, be a top tier team, win some playoff games, like win a playoff game at least. So yeah, I think Justin Herbert has as much pressure as anyone going into next year, just because of how much potential he's shown and the conversations that he's in. I mean, I had him ranked sixth in the league. And I don't think you thought that was crazy. So, no, nope, I did not. I did not. I still believe in him. I agree with that. Yeah, he has a lot of pressure. Now, my real question is, Colby, like I just said, I believe in him. So, do you? Will he make it or break it next season? Yeah, I still believe in him. I think he's going to make it. I'm yes, not sir. He's, hear still, that. he's still just so special with some of the stuff that he does, man. He's an awesome quarterback. Like, I still completely believe in him. I think either Kellen Moore will be a good OC. Um, the Chargers, you can't fully trust them because they're the Chargers, but I think he will make it. All right, Shaylin, wrapping up. All right, Colby. This one, like I said, it's a little spicy. All right. Be a little careful. I told you it was a little spicy. Russell Wilson, you uh, you thought I was you thought it wasn't good. You thought it was probably going to be like Mahomes or Josh Allen. Nah, this is Sean Payton. I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't either. Sean Payton's coming to town. All eyes on you, on you now, Russ. Colby, is it enough for him? Will he make it or break it next season? No, I think he's going to break it. AFC's too good, man. He's, I think he'll improve just because Sean Payton is a really good coach. He's obviously a way, way better coach than Hackett. So I do think Russell Wilson will improve, but I don't know, man. Just some of the stuff I saw last year, I can't honestly, like, and this contract that he has, I just, I respect the Broncos and all, but I love that they're just going all in for it. But man, I don't, I just don't think Russ is going to hold up his end of the bargain, man. I really don't. He, I, I'm totally out, like, on Russ. Um, being great like you saw how low i had him rank this dude we going into the year this dude was in the top 10 no doubt this man i had him below kenny pickett and you didn't think that was crazy he was below mac jones he was below <laughs> gino he was below everyone like his current quarterback play did not inspire me to believe that he should be higher than those quarterbacks yeah he was so bad <laughs> I have to see how he looks in the Sean Payton system. And I guarantee you folks, come what seven months from from now, it feels like I'll be right here. Come week three of the NFL season. If the Broncos are two and oh and Russell Wilson has back to back three hundred yard games, saying he deserves to be the top ten quarterback, Colby. I'll be right here demanding that he be up there, Cole. But right now, I completely agree with you. He deserves to be under all those quarterbacks because that's what his play looked like last season. His last season's play looked like Dookie. And, you know, he was a chef. And you know what my dad used to say? You can't always put syrup on pancakes. Just because you pour syrup on pancakes 
Just to make it, I can't speak right now, folks. Just because you pour syrup on shit doesn't make it pancakes. There it is. <laughs> uh, idioms, folks. They're hard to learn if you uh, if you if you can't speak right. So, but I can't get this one right. Okay. Time for some final thoughts, Colby. All right, man. Yeah, man. This is a good one. A lot, of, a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, my final thoughts, I guess, I'm actually going to uh, stick with football. We I talked a lot of basketball today. I'll say, like, I am getting very excited for, for this draft season coming up. There's a lot of... Oh, uh, it's coming on Thursday. A lot of intriguing stuff. Yeah, we'll have the combine coming after next week. A lot of good stuff to get to. So I'm really interested to see what happens. Steelers have more picks than usual, so I'm obviously pretty psyched about that. Um, so a lot going on. It's going to be interesting. And I'm fascinated to see what ends up happening with the Spares pick and these quarterbacks, like where they all wind up. It's going to be a fun, fun draft season. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun off season. Um, my final thoughts are I got to turn my salt back to the wolves because obviously I'm hyped about you know, my Vikings, they, they ended the, even though they ended the game terribly, it's a lot to look forward to in the offseason. I've officially changed my MLB team to the Baltimore Orioles, so that way I have something to look forward to in the offseason, so that way as well. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the Rockies be explosive and good this season. They're the my, Rockies are my number two team. I still have an Arenado jersey right there next to my yeah. heart. But right now, I just find myself watching more Orioles highlights than I do Rockies. And they, you know what? They can both be the number one team. I got an AL and an NL team. There you go. And the Orioles are my official AL team. It's my final thought for baseball. But my real final thought is truly the Wolves because both those teams don't give me as much anger and upsetness as watching the Timberwolves play basketball. <laughs> None of those teams – get me just grinds my gears just to watch the wolves and the cs lose to the hornets and lose to a depleted warriors team that didn't have draymond green or steph curry was pretty discouraging so cat i can't believe i'm saying this i can't wait for you to come back because actually i am believing that i'm saying this because i, I used to say it all the time so cat once again can't wait for you to come back and as always colby though it's been some good stuff. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And besides that, have a good one, y'all.